all my family are and my friends aren't that interested in chanting or looking inward or finding the shelter in the eternal worlds but you know then in my dream i could see all of them suffering and, and their pain and their i can't really help them because they don't want that shelter they're not looking for that shelter we in our system have magic ways to help people and they don't even know like if they can hear the transcendental sound then that purifies them that helps them and you know those few that are interested well you know they can be helped more directly and more completely and, and along the way that's part of, of what their natural ability becomes the desire and the knowledge of how to help others so it, it just is an expanding network of people who care and people who know how to help. You know, now, now that Lakshman is using my, my office, then I'm here instead you know, out in the living room. So that's a good thing, because otherwise I would just be lazy and be in the office and have a wall as the background instead of having this <laughs> as the background. <laughs> yeah. So, it's nice. Nature's got the best colors, I tell you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't... You can't. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hard to, hard to mimic it, hard to, hard to do it just as, as well as nature has the perfect design of nature. I think I nature. told you that Eddie Bauer's a big... Is a gear company. Mm-hmm. They've been around forever, but they're somehow not so popular with the mountaineer guys. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to up their game, and they hired a new designer for their clothes. They're, they're kind of like fishermen, or mm-hmm. a fisherman would buy their stuff. Okay. Uh, but anyway, so this new designer wants to add some pizzazz to their their lineup. Pizzazz? Colors and design and whatever. Oh, yeah. Okay. Pizzazz, you know, some excitement. Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so what he's doing, he's got a, a box of all these different bird feathers. And he's looking at all the different combinations of color on the feathers to see what really looks good with what. Oh. You know, and he says sometimes colors you would think would never go together are actually very complimentary. Wow. Et cetera. So. Wow. Nature, man. Nature. Taking, t- no. taking inspiration from nature. Wow. Because uh, yeah. I, I was just thinking about that when I was looking at the sky this morning. I was thinking, this should be our new color combination for Trump's meditation. <laughs> like, yeah. Because it was also like you, you wouldn't think that pink and blue would go together, for example, but it's just oh, wonderful. Think, yeah. You know. The, the nature knows, man. <laughs> exactly. We don't. <laughs> we don't. We think we do. <clears throat> oh. Yeah. You know, I had um, I had two ideas for the topic today. I don't know. I just, I had an idea up till now, but then I thought, well, I don't know. Because uh, I had this terrible dream the other night. <laughs> and I thought maybe that's something relevant for today. Basically a dream where... Uh, the whole, you know, I was in a, in a in a concrete bunker, like in a concrete, like safe. Did you call it bunker 
in English? No. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Bunker. Okay. And uh, and I could see outside. There was a window outside, and and you know, because I used to be in the military service, so it's kind of like I was looking at me on the outside. There was a there was a guy in the, you know military wear, kind of like guarding the bunker, and then suddenly everything exploded in a big nuclear bomb, you know, and I could see all my relatives, all my friends, all everyone just melting into into the ground, kind of, I don't know how to explain it. I guess you get the picture. <laughs> I get the picture. And I woke up. It's like Arjuna saw the universal form. Yeah, not not a nice. He exa- couldn't have exa- <laughs> Exactly. You know, it was just too much. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I get the picture. Thousands yeah. of mouths and teeth and grinding people up and people. Yeah, just completely suffering and burning. And I was trying, I wanted to get out from the bunker to save everyone, but I couldn't get out. I was stuck. Yeah. One of those dreams where you can't, you can't get up or you can't get out or you yeah, just but but I was can't move exactly. But I was safe in the bunker. It's just that you know, I felt very very hopeless. I guess that's the that's the core of it. I'm very, you know, of course, yeah, just like, what? Wow, this. And then I woke up and I was like, <laughs> I was I was I was very close to. Just looking up in the news and waiting for the news that there had been a big nuclear, you know, the the Third World War had started. <laughs> you know? Oh, it, you mean on on the real news? Yeah, like when I woke up, I was I was you know I took my cell phone and I was going to look up on the real news whether you know this was a, like a real dream. <laughs> but then I I said to myself, okay, but but you know if that has been the case what I should do is really just chant. So I should chant first <laughs> and then I <laughs> look at the new, news. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I did that. <laughs> and then I actually, I, for, I forgot to look at the news afterwards. <laughs> but I'm still here. So I guess the third world it, war didn't, it didn't start. Happen. No, it, it, <laughs> it didn't happen. start. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. So, but, but yeah, maybe... You know, just this feeling of of helplessness and ah, how to deal with a with with a feeling of unsecurity in the world and yeah, the world is the material world in total is an insecure place. <laughs> I mean, yeah. there is no stable place <laughs> in the material world. Yeah, by design. So there's very nice places like heavenly planets. And there's very difficult places like hellish planets. And the earth is kind of in the middle. We talked about that before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, it's kind of like come see, come saw. Not too good, not too bad. (laughs) Overall, not good. No matter how. No matter what. (laughs) So... That is a reality that everybody has to accept. There's no stable place. You know, it's just the way it is. You know, one time, one moment everything's good, the next moment everything is the opposite. I mean, just like the war, you know, between Russia and Ukraine. Mm. I mean, Mm. you know, all of a sudden, just at one moment, there was an invasion and there you go. Mm. It wasn't like that yesterday. It wasn't like that an hour ago. It's like that now. Mm. 
and it certainly turned people's lives upside down. Yeah. You know, in, in both countries, and not only in those countries, but other parts yeah. of the world yeah. as well. Yeah, of course, exactly. But that's... So, I mean, that's, that's just the world we live in. One minute you're feeling pretty healthy, and the next minute you're diagnosed with cancer, and you got four months to live. Hmm. You know, so what do you do? You got to have a place that is really stable, truly stable, not just illusory stable for this period of time, right? Yeah, it just seems. You know that. <laughs> It just I seems. <laughs> it just seems like you. Yeah, well, we we mentioned that a lot, and you know, we of course people. Well, I, yeah, no, of of course, it just seems like it's hard to. Well, you gotta live in this world, and it seems hard to not to be attached to this world, and and all your friends and all your family, and and in my case also when you know like like all my family are and you know, my friends aren't that interested in chanting or looking inward or finding the shelter in the eternal world but you know then in my dream i could see all of them suffering and, and their pain and their because you know and then i can't really help them because they don't want that shelter they're not looking for that shelter well yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's unfortunately the reality of the majority of the world mm. I mean, no matter how much you explain the truth, they're not interested in it. So until a person's interested, they can never really be helped. I mean, we in our system have, you know, some magic ways to help people, and they don't even know, like if they can hear the transcendental sound, then that purifies them, that helps them. If they can somehow eat food that's been, you know, purified through offering it to the Lord, mm. they don't know anything about it, but they still get spiritually benefited. I mean, so you're helping them, the spirit soul, and they still may be uninterested completely in their material consciousness. Mm. But they, the spirit soul, are getting helped. So we have to have that faith and understanding that it really works. Mm. And, you know, those few that are interested, well, they're, you know, so fortunate and, you know, they can be helped more directly and more completely and, you know, maybe change their whole lifestyle mm. that will be a lifestyle of constant help, you know, and move them directly in a, in a very quick pace toward the stability of the spiritual world and spiritual life. And then, and then they will probably be able to help others. <laughs> So. And along the way, that's part of, of what their natural ability becomes, the desire and the knowledge of how to help others. Yeah. So it, it just is an expanding network of people who care and people who know how to help. Yeah. And, uh, 
You know, that, that's, that's the reality of this world. And we can't do other than that. Just take what we know and the talents and time and desires that we have and use it in that way. Yeah. And, 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 the, and you might not even see any tangible results. In... You probably will not see a tangible <laughs> result in many cases. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but we're not like... basing it on, oh, it's proof that it works because I see it working. It's just that we know it works because this is absolute truth that we fully accept and, and, and follow our life according to. You know, I give the example, I have given the example over the years that people say, prove it works. You know, I, I don't see it working. I didn't experience it working. But, you know, the medical scientists have confirmed that if you take vitamin C every day, it'll boost your immune system. It's good for your joints. It, It's good for the collagen. It's good for all kinds of things. Yeah. You know, it's it's a very beneficial supplement to take. But And so people take it. I mean, probably vitamin C is the most sold supplement of all supplements. I don't know that, but, you know, many yeah. people take vitamin yeah. C that don't take anything else. Yeah. You know. But when you take a vitamin C, the best one, the bio-everything... You know, do you experience any tangible proof that it's working? Mm. Do you just get a bell that rings and say, your immune system is now stronger? <laughs> you know, do you feel more, you know, resilient to colds and flus? And 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 I would say 99% of the people would say, no, I didn't feel any yeah. different. Yeah. I took it. I don't take it. <laughs> But you still take it yeah. with no real proof other than faith in the medical information. Yeah. You know, the medical profession, the nutritionist, the whoever, whoever say it's true, and I accept it as true. Now, if you don't take it, do you notice a difference? Probably not. It's probably just the same. <clears throat> And another point I was, I was thinking, I, I just slipped my mind. Oh, when you get sick, let's say you get a sore throat, mm -hmm. you know, and a runny nose and so on. Do you get angry and say, this vitamin C is a hoax, it's a scam, I spent all this money <laughs> and throw it out the window? Or... Do you double the dose? Yeah. Oh, I used to take 1,000 milligrams a day. Now I'm going to take 1,000 milligrams an hour. That's very true. In other words, why you do that? Because somebody told you to. Yeah. And you take a double, you know, and, and do you immediately get well? Probably not. But hmm. you don't lose faith in the vitamin C hmm. because you've been convinced by an outside source that this is what you should do. And you just follow it. And it's true. I mean, vitamin C, I'm convinced as well. 
vitamin C <laughs> it's beneficial and you should take it and if you get a cold take more just a, and et cetera et cetera just, just, just a side note <laughs> you know? but but yeah so uh, and, and those and in, who have faith in our in, in this knowledge they apply it in that kind of concept so when it's hard and when things don't go your way because inevitably they won't always you have two choices you can either reject the, the process and and you know don't meditate and just be get angry at thing and you know you're you're suffering you know so you get angry at it or you you do it more because you see that you need more more of that you need yeah you know, more help yeah. you need in other words when you're sick you take shelter in vitamin c yeah yeah and then if you're advanced you might add zinc <clears throat> and copper and quercetin and some things that are known to work synergistically with vitamin C that even increases the overall effect of all of those when they're combined together, if you're advanced in this understanding, see? So it's why, because somebody that you accept as an authority said so. I mean, I don't know if you take zinc with vitamin C, it work, makes the zinc work better and it makes the, I don't know that other than the fact that I've read it and yeah. what, I do it. <laughs> because you're not, you're not like expert in that field. So you have to trust the experts in that field. Like you, you don't. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm not a, a scientific medically, you know, advanced anybody, mm. but I sure do take a lot of supplements on the, on the strength of <laughs> somebody else's information <laughs> and it's it's proven to be it seems like it, it it's done some good somewhere mm. along the way mm. you know so that's how we present this vedic knowledge you know we've accepted it from what we consider absolute authorities that have handed this knowledge down since time immemorial you know, and all that information points to a supreme person from which all truth comes, all knowledge comes, you know, all solutions to all problems come. And we understand, you know, who we are and why we're here. And just that this place is not stable. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> I mean, I wasn't born knowing these things, but I accept it and I, you know, let it be my guide in life for the last 50 years. And, you know, I'm, I'm still as convinced or I'm more convinced than, than before. Mm. I've never been disappointed by any of this teaching. And I see it playing out as being beneficial to myself and others again and again and again. Mm -hmm. And it didn't cost me anything. There was no ill side effects. Mm. No, no, exactly. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. yeah. But how, just like coming back to your, or the, the situation of this world being an unstable place, how, how do you not then... <laughs> how, how do you come to a platform where you cannot be attached to 
this world and and you know if the whole world is crumbling you're still stable <laughs> how, how do you come to such a platform there's only one way really <clears throat> you see the the nature of the soul the self us which is a spiritual entity yeah. is to be attached i mean we have inherent characteristics that means where the soul exists, those characteristics are also present. Just like wetness is a characteristic of water. I'm looking out your window. It's absolutely beautiful out there. We commented on that just before we started the show. <laughs> and that's water. And I know I'm thousands of miles away, and I know it's wet. And you know it's wet. Yeah. <laughs> Why? Because all water is wet. And cold. It's an inherent characteristic. Yeah. No. So the soul has inherent characteristics. And one of those is to be attached. It's why we get attached so quickly. I mean, you don't have to yeah, do much do. to get attached no, to something. No, really, really. <laughs> I mean, it happens like that. <laughs> you know, you can take a walk in the morning, like we often take walks. Mm -hmm. And I didn't notice that so much in Norway. But... You know, in other countries I've been in, there's dogs on the street. Mm. And a little dog, well, you're just walking along. You've never seen this dog before, but he just comes up and starts walking with you. Mm. You know, he's a friendly guy. He kind of runs up and bumps against your leg, and he wants attention. And, you know, he, he runs ahead and stops and waits for you and looks in your eyes and wags his tail, et cetera. Yeah, you know? yeah. He's, he's exhibiting some attraction to you. And you start getting attracted. Oh, that's such a nice dog. Oh, I, and you stop and you pet him. And before this walk is over, you're attached to this dog. <laughs> <laughs> and you hate to see him go and you'd like to take him home. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. See, I wonder if he has a home. Maybe, you know, he's such a friendly guy, you know. Well, that just took... No time at all. All it was was just a little exchange of relationship between two living entities, you know, and you're attached. So you can imagine what happens with the mother, the father, the wife, the exactly. children. The, exactly. You know, I mean, if, if it can happen so quickly with this, you know, little guy, then you just get deeply attached. You know, I mean, you forget the dog pretty quickly. But mm, mm. You've got years invested in some of these relationships. Mm. And, yeah, you, know? you do. And the attachment is running so deep that when you lose a loved one, then oftentimes the, the actual verbal statement is, I can't live without them. I have no reason to continue living. And some people just put that in action and they don't continue living. Even you know. like some people, there's, you know, old people that leave this world, sometimes one partner leaves and the other one just doesn't commit suicide, like, you know, knowingly, but in a, just like passes, passes away in the, in the night, just. It's common. It's common. Yeah. I saw it in my own family. Really? Father died. Really? And they had been together for 65 years. And, you know, when he left. You know, it wasn't very long before my mom left, two years later. Mm. But her life was never the same, to say the least, you know. 
So it happens a lot. There's no reason to live. There's no real motivation to be here because, you know, the love I had for so long and gave me life is no longer here with me. But just just proves that love is life. Like life is love, by the way, just a something I thought about. Just that's the whole meaning. That's the whole that's what gives life the that's that's why life is worth living, is because of love. Yeah, that's right. And when that goes, then what do you got left? Nothing. Mm. <clears throat> it just becomes existence. Yeah, exactly. You know, with with exactly. no purpose and no reason. Yeah. And so without that, you, you know, just leave. Mm -hmm. People, oh, why did they die? Well, there was no real apparent cause. They died of a broken heart. You know, that's a, that's a, a valid medical explanation of death hmm. for some people. They died of a broken heart. You know. And... Yeah. So, the world's an unstable place. No matter how stable we try to make it, it's not stable. Mm -hmm. And we should just accept that and know that, and it's, it's not some mystery here. No matter how things are today, it's going to change. So, what should we do? Go where there is stability. And that's the only stability is spiritual stability. Material stability is an illusion. It is not like that. Mm. And anybody who thinks it is, or I can create a stable life, is just denying the truth. Yeah. You've got to be in absolute denial to, to mold your life around that philosophy. Because there's an example every moment, every day. <laughs> that is not like that. So you got to just deny that reality. Well, I don't want to see that. I want to accept that. Well, it's easy to do that if that's your only choice, because that's what you're attached to, and your your attachment to this world is so strong. And the people, like we just said, you know, that attachment is so strong, and then you. You, that's the obvious choice. You just don't want to see because you, that's your that's where your attachment, that's where your heart is, is in this world and, and the names and names and forms of this world, as it said. Yeah. So I've got to finish my explanation. Right. I didn't complete it. <laughs> so anyway, we're going to be attached. That's the point. You're going to be attached. People say, give up all attachments. Don't be attached. That's not a reality because you're going to be attached. So the person who says, I'm not attached to anything, oh, I'm not attached. He's attached to his non attachment. <laughs> I mean, if you try to get this guy involved in some material situation, oh, no, 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 no. I don't want to get attached to that. Oh, no, no. I, I don't like No. So he's attached to his non attachment. See? Yeah. So he's still attached. So the solution is, yes, take that attachment and cultivate that attachment in a proper way so you will be attached to that which is permanent, to that which is stable, to that which is beyond 
any of this material dimension, that which will never disappoint you, that which will give you all the things that you need, life and love and purpose and happiness and, you know, and not on a shaky platform that nothing can disturb, nothing can take it away, including death. Death of your body, death of a loved one will not disturb that because it's not on a material plane. All these things are material. The death of our bodies or someone else's bodies or, you know, the upheavals of, of societies and the world and what, that's material. That's part of the material instability. Right? Yeah. Totally. So you got to go to another dimension of consciousness, another dimension of attachment. And that is spiritual. And that is really attachments, you know, the strong ones are not, even in the material world, let's, let's say, the strong attachments are not material attachments. They can be strong, attached to houses and countries and money and mm -hmm. objects, you know, yeah. like cars. And they can be very strong. But the really strong attachments are personal attachments, attachment to another person. They're the ones that break your heart. They're the ones who destroy your life. Yeah. They're the ones who take, you know, your meaning of life away completely see yeah that's true i mean you lose a car somebody steals a brand new car that you've been dreaming about your whole life but hey it's it might be a shock in the beginning you know but you know over a short period of time it's gone and, and you know it came it went and you know not that big a deal really you know I guess when your whole house burns down and everything in it's gone, <laughs> as long as the loved one that lived there with you is safe with you, <laughs> it's just like a, a loss that, you know, this was irreplaceable photos and, you know, the family albums and the diaries and, you know, irreplaceable things, but we still got each other. Mm. You know, life goes on. <clears throat> See, but when that personal source of attachment is gone. There's where the problem comes. You know, and it might not be so deep as a, as a wife or a husband or a child. It can be a dog. I've seen people just almost lose their life when the dog died. Mm. <clears throat> you know? Yeah. Because yeah. they were so attached. It was a personal attachment to another living entity. Okay, so that's established. The, the strong attachments that control our life are personal. Yeah, I can, yeah. All right, so the, the pure truth and guidance is make it so the supreme person is that personal relationship that controls your life, guides your life, gives you life, is your life. And then that attachment is your best friend. That attachment is the thing that will sustain you always, you know, and nothing can take it away. Death of your body cannot take it away. See, the blowing up of the world in, in whatever way it happens. 
all your loved ones and everybody else goes, eventually they will anyway. Mm. You know, that doesn't take away that attachment. And people say, oh, but that's so hard and callous and, you know, you don't care about other people. No, because you just think no, about it. No, it's the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite. You really care about them as spirit souls. And you do what you can in this loving relationship with them to make it so when that inevitable time comes for separation, you've done everything you can to help them establish that unshakable attachment. But but that but that is dependent on their freedom, and that's where like the limit goes. You can only help so much because there's. But you've yeah. done what you can. Yeah, exactly. You've done what you can. And it doesn't rip your heart out when you go, because your heart is already given to someone else. Your heart is already there. Your love is full. Your love is upon them, mm. see. But the attachment is not. There's a difference here. And, and people often can't understand there's a difference between being able to love someone but not being able to attach. Yeah, not yeah being attached to them. Yeah, they yeah. can't connect that because everything we know, the more you love someone, the more you're attached to them. Exactly. And you need them. Like there are so many love songs where you, people sing that, you know, without you, I'm, I'm dying and I need you. I, you know, I, <laughs> I want you. I need you. I love you with all my heart. <laughs> Unlimited number of songs. <laughs> and those people who wrote those songs, in many cases, are just speaking from a feeling that has been generated because they lost that one. You know, they didn't just sit down and make clever words. They're just expressing the feeling in their heart. I want you, I need you, I love you with all my heart. Mm -hmm. So every message from every source of truth. The greatest spiritual teachers, the pure mediums of the truth, the, the true scriptures, you know, the true masters have all said the same thing. Yeah, you're going to be attached. Be attached to the Lord and his service and his pleasure and doing what you can to make it so he's happy, he's satisfied with you. He's pleased with you. That's what we do in this world, the people we're really attached to. We want them to be happy. We want them to be satisfied. We want them to be pleased by our activities. Mm -hmm. We want to make their life as good as we can. Mm -hmm. So oftentimes we do things we wouldn't normally do otherwise simply because we know it's pleasing them. We may suffer austerities and, you know, go through all kinds of unpleasant situations, physically or mentally, for the underlying cause of their benefit. They're happy. I know this is going to be good for them. Whatever, whatever. Yeah. but It's a sacrifice we make for the one we love. And what does this do? It gives us pleasure. But so, someone could say that, you know, well, it's not, you know, God is 
self-sufficient like he doesn't need me he doesn't really see me i mean how how could it make him happy or sad that i'm you know being pleasing him like i can't change him like in which way do i i'm i'm so small i mean i'm just one of the tiny millions of billions of unlimited spirit souls how how is it that he would even care that <laughs> yeah that's i like it because you always come up with good arguments <laughs> <laughs> they're not arguments they're challenges <laughs> <laughs> that's because i'm yeah i'm i'm not perfect but myself so i have it's yeah. very very valid and i've heard that argument more than one time mm-hmm. you know and there's two parts to the answer number one God is the source of love, but love requires an exchange between two people. You can't love alone. So we are all the unlimited number of living entities, children of God. And being the absolute Father, He knows every one of us, and He loves every one of us because He has that capacity. We can't imagine how he could love so many different people. There's billions and trillions, and (laughs) you can't even add numbers to how many there are. So how could he love, know and love every one of us? It's impossible. It's not impossible because of who he is. He has inconceivable potencies. We relate everything to what we can envision, you know. You know, you think a father with 20 kids, I mean, he hardly even knows which one is which. You know, I mean, which one are you? I don't even remember your name, you know. But God's not limited like we are. You know, he's unlimited in every category. So he knows and loves every one of us, and equally so. He's not partial. He loves every single one of the unlimited number of his children equally. All right, so that's the first part. Now, in connection with that, as we know, there's, there's no time when one can have too much love. Like it's there's no, possible. No, no limit. Yeah. So although God is the source of love, he always wants more love. He's appreciating any love that he may receive from any one of his innumerable children. He appreciates that. He likes that. He wants that. He cherishes that. Mm -hmm. All right? So, therefore, he doesn't need me in the sense that we envision need, but he wants, he desires our love. Yeah, I see. To him. And the second part is, being the perfect father that he is, he wants every one of his children to be happy. Every father that's a real father wants the child to be happy. He's happy when the child's happy. That's just part of love. Yeah. You know, you're not happy when the one you love is not happy. He wants us to be happy. But he also knows because... (laughs) He's the source of everything. Yet I'll never be truly happy until I have that loving relationship with him. 
that I won't be happy loving other people than him and excluding him from the love. You see, I'm replacing him with other people, and that won't satisfy me. That won't make me truly happy. It may temporarily give me actually an entrance into the world of love and how complete and how wonderful it is. But he knows it won't fully satisfy me, and it's temporary. It's unstable. And therefore, I will be happy now, but devastated later and he because of this. And he cares, so he doesn't want that. He and wants. he cares, and he doesn't want to see me go through that yo-yo, yeah. up and down, pleasure-pain yeah. cycle. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So again, does he need me? No. Does he want me to have that loving relationship? Yes. Because he knows that's what will make me happy, and he's happy when I'm happy. <laughs> and so there's a complete relationship of care. <laughs> So he does all he can within the bounds of me having unlimited freedom to make it so I realize this and pursue this. And therefore, you can imagine, just envision, if that's what he wants from me, if I do decide to go toward a loving relationship with him, he will welcome me with open arms and, and do everything to facilitate that. <laughs> yes, come to me. And so it said, if I take one step toward God, he takes a hundred steps. I've even said it, heard, heard it said a thousand steps toward <laughs> me. I make one baby step, he makes a thousand giant steps and, toward me. And you, <laughs> you, may, you basically make him happy because you make yourself happy in a way. <laughs> you know, it's all the world of happiness. Exactly. It's wow. <laughs> it's, it's just a, a, you know, a facilitator on both sides. Exactly. Yeah. To yeah. make the the world perfect, because a happy world is a is a perfect world. But I'm not talking about material yeah. happiness. I'm not talking about. Yeah. That's why the spiritual world is perfect, because every resident of the spiritual world is in that condition of perfect love with the Lord. And the Lord is fully reciprocating, and that's why it's perfect. That's what makes it perfect. Hmm. It's not that it's perfect because there's no pain and there's, there's no crime yeah. and there's yeah. no exactly. this and that. And no, no death and no... The reason there's none of that is because it's the world of love, and love does not include any of those things. Love just takes away all those symptoms of lust. And it's not made of material energy, so it's not coming and going every period of time. Mm. And we're not, you know, enshrouded in material bodies that only have a limited number of days, you know, before they just go away. You know, and so all the things that make this world imperfect don't exist there. We have spiritual bodies. That's an eternal form. We don't have a spiritual body. We are the form, which is our spiritual body, if you will. Mm. So it's eternal. It doesn't get old. It doesn't deteriorate. There's no disease. There's nothing can happen to it. 
it's not subject to any kind of of pain and suffering and difficulty and disease and age and whatever because it doesn't exist there spiritual spirit doesn't is not encumbered or subjected to those imperfections that's why the soul's always perfect so that's why the spiritual world is perfect and everything there is living there's no dead matter see so everything is conscious because spirit is is conscious and so everything there is conscious in the various forms that are there it's all conscious <laughs> that's it's amazing. not just unconscious rock or an unconscious you know piece of metal or a unconscious car or whatever <laughs> everything is conscious so therefore everything is exchanged in love with everything else <laughs> <laughs> cars <laughs> no <laughs> there's no cars <laughs> but there are, uh, you, you know no you know, <laughs> The factories aren't there. Exactly. <laughs> All those. <laughs> oh. But everything is there and everything is wonderful. Hmm. And that's an eternal reality. And therefore, that's the real home for the eternal spirit soul who is needing all of that but in a material world covered in illusion and think he can find that here. So we, we create all these things to try to substitute for that. Or, or you, you burn yourself and you suffer and you, you think you can find it through taking away all these things that they don't exist, that just you know, getting rid of the suffering and that's it. But that's, an un, that's not enough for the soul. That's not enough to just have the, same. the nothing same it's a it's just negation of the negative yeah yeah See, the negative is making me unhappy so if i negate all that i take away all that i have no negative then i'll be happy but that's the whole impersonalist idea i'll just merge mm -hmm. into this spiritual ocean of mm -hmm. bliss and, mm -hmm. and i'll be happy but there's no love there because there's no other person there if if you merge into a, an ocean of non personalities then there's nobody there to exchange love there's nobody there to love there's nobody there to love you there's no awareness of that whole concept none of that and so therefore it's incomplete it's incomplete so it's not it's good but it's not good enough and that's why that teaching is only partial See, it's not complete. It's it's compared to this world, amazing, but it's it's in part it, it's incomplete. Mm. You know, you got to go to the full, complete destination of loving relationships with the Supreme Lord and all other living entities there. But while in this material world, you can also access that love. Mm and experience that love, and be nourished by, and live in that realm of love. Already now, like... And yeah. give that love 
as much as you can to other people. So that's why the true teachers don't spend their whole time in the material world trying to improve the material situation of people. Mm. Because that's not the solution. They come and teach this knowledge. They deliver this information. Mm. And, 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 you know, they're not going to spend their time here trying to improve a person's material situation. Yeah, because it's at best temporary and it will go and... It's temporary. And, it, and it's not going to make them happy. No. And it even puts them in a more illusion. Exactly. <laughs> so it might, even, might not even help them. It might even make it worse for them spiritually. You know, mm. right. You know, it's interesting. It, this is, you know, a little off another direction but it's it's connected that's okay yeah i was just watching this guy and he's got a a, a plan a health plan which is proved very successful it, it incorporates fasting a supervised only water fasting at his clinic he's got a clinic so it's supervised water fasting and extended periods of time i'm not talking about a few days depending on your condition and what you need and what what it is you need to to do but anyway that incorporated with not during the fast of course but a whole foods natural plant-based diet and he's had amazing results you know from all he's been doing it since the 80s so he's got long history here he's treated over 20,000 people mm. and successfully you know and oh. anyway that's not that's but he has a brother that's six years older than him and he, when he got into this, this is what he studied and got into it and, you know, started developing this whole protocol. His brother was never interested. And so they were very close growing up. And <clears throat> his brother married. His brother's wife got very interested and adopted this whole thing, came to his clinic several different times to undergo periods of treatment, <laughs> Etc. She's on board 100%. The brother's not on board at all. <laughs> and is just living the typical life, eating, over, getting fatter, getting bigger, oh. getting less, you know, fit, you know. And so he can't play soccer anymore, although obviously he used to play a lot because now his ankles are swollen and he he's, he's can't do it and, you know, all kind of problems. And he's Younger brothers telling him, you know, and his wife telling him, you know, why don't you come? No, not for me. I don't want to know about it. <laughs> really? So anyway, he just kind of leaves his brother alone. Nobody's pressuring him. He's, uh -huh. It's just gesture. And obviously looking at, at his wife and how much it's helped her, he would think he'd get a connection, but he didn't. So one day the brother calls the younger brother, the doctor, from the hospital. He says, I'm in the hospital. I had a heart attack. And he's, the doctor, younger brother, says, 
great. That's that's wonderful. He said, what do you mean? I'm telling you, I had a heart attack. You know? Okay. He said, that's the best thing that ever happened to you. He said, I'm going to have to have a four-bypass surgery. And he said, you're going to do the bypass? He said, well, the doctor says it's better than stents. Stents is where you put something in and open up. Uh-huh. And so, anyway, the doctor wasn't sympathetic at all. He says, well, you know, there's an alternative. So the brother decides to come to the clinic, undergo the treatment. He did the whole thing, fully on board, never had the operation, lost all this extra weight, returned to, you know, very good health compared to what it was before. Wow. And, you know... Now he's following the protocol and he's telling his friends. And, you know, like, but that's what it took. That's the point. Yeah. It took yeah. a heart attack in the hospital to make it so he got the idea that, hmm, maybe I could benefit by doing this. Wow. <laughs> so sometimes, the, the point is that sometimes it takes extreme material, extreme. deranged you know, conditions wow. to make it so we kind of go, wow, yeah. you know, maybe I, I should listen to, to some information that I've rejected up until now, you know. <laughs> so if we make it so a person's material situation is good, you know, it, it's not a good thing necessarily because now they don't need this. Their life is okay now. Why should I bother with that when I'm enjoying my my nice lifestyle and you know whatever whatever you know of it's sensual not, pleasure? It's not that we wish the everyone dopamines, ha- which are yeah. You know. yeah, yeah. It's not that we wish everyone heart attacks, but <laughs> but no, we're not washing anybody any difficulties. But if that's what it takes, yeah, and oftentimes it does. Yeah, yeah, I see what you mean. Then you know, that's that's what benefits. You know, if that hadn't happened, we'd have never done it. Hmm. So it, it if it whatever it takes to wake us up to the truth is beneficial. Does that include also? <laughs> I have a friend there who's like <laughs> perhaps. He used to come to chanting, but now he's, you know, his interest in, um, he's very young and his interest in trying out the material world is, is increasing and he just wants to, you know, spend his time enjoying everything. So I guess, I, I don't know, could your argument also be applied in that sense? You just, okay, let him do that and let him try that out <laughs> if that's his freedom. Well, you got to freedom. anyway. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> You've got to anyway. You what know, there's you? nothing you can yeah, do. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You remember the, the movie we watched? Uh, no, uh, nothing to nothing fear. To fear. Mm. Yeah. Remember Shane, who left his body, went away for five years from the chanting and, you know, just wanted to go out and, and make sure that there wasn't something out there better. <laughs> he got in, you know, involved in a very idyllic, uh, materially, sensuously gratifying lifestyle. And then he came back. And right after that, he got his diagnosis with ALS. And, you know, in other words, Lolita didn't try to stop him. She, she couldn't have anyway, but 
Okay, so he had that's what he had to do. And fortunately, he'd heard a lot before that, mm. and he didn't forget that, mm. and he came back, and yep. now he's okay now. <laughs> yeah. But as he said to her, to Lilita, and as she said in the movie, he said, this is the perfect disease for me because it stopped me in my tracks. You know? So sometimes that's the, the extreme that we have to go to to, to realize, yeah, now I use my free will in the right way. Too. Also, maybe shouldn't be so quick to judge that what happened to this person or me or this situation is a bad thing. But you don't know. Is it a bad yeah. thing? Or? I mean, there's a saying I grew up with, you know, God works in mysterious ways, his wonders to perform. Hmm. And we don't know what's going on here, you know. But God knows. He knows the individual, he knows the situation, he knows his consciousness, he knows his desires, and he knows what's best. Hmm. So, yeah. And uh, I was going to say, I was going to ask, but it, it makes, you know, I was going to ask, so, you know, in practice, but, you know, I, I just had this dream and then, You know, if you can help your, if you can listen to this, if you can remind yourselves about, if you can remind yourself about these truths, then it will all, you'll be able to, to rest and, and not be too worried about what's going to happen. Because like you say, it's, yeah, and it's all under control. It's not, it's all under control. It's not, it's not the, it's not the crazy. And we have the world. individual. Yeah. Yeah, we have the individual freedom to control our decisions, to control yeah. our our choices. Yeah, you know, especially if we're not under the extreme influence of of some narcotic or alcohol. I mean, <laughs> those substances are so powerful that you know a person almost loses control, and they're in control completely, and they really need you know, some strong medicine. And that's the holy names and association and and a little desire to to pull out. Hmm. A little spark. If to that's it. not there, then it's not going to work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, there's got to be some desire. Then there can be some success. So we've, you know, <laughs> kind of talked about a very important topic here. Yeah. No, thank you. <laughs> There is stability, and the soul, we want that. We know we want that. Everybody wants that. You know, we don't like chaos. We actually like stability, you know. And... The powers that be like to destabilize the society so they can take it over and be stable in their ability to control it. Mm, exactly. <laughs> so they're wanting their stability. We have a stable position as the controller of you. 
So we'll stabilize you guys so then we can be stable in our gold. <laughs> but everybody wants it. That's the point. Everybody wants stability because it's, again, the nature of the soul. You can't want. There's a saying that's very, very wonderful. You can't want that which does not exist. So we want stability, it exists. We want love, it exists. Exactly, yeah. We want attachment, it exists. We want whatever, whatever it exists. We want happiness, it exists. But the... not from a material source. A relationship with a perfect person that exists. Simple. But it doesn't happen overnight. you got to cultivate it. you got to... You know, move in that direction consciously. Uh, you know, maybe not consciously in the beginning, but at some point you got to be consciously moving in that direction. And uh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, so we better end it with something that is always stable. <laughs> Chanting of the holy names. That's stabilizing factor that's always stable it doesn't go out of fashion it doesn't go out of vogue and if you chant from your heart you don't even need your material body to chant which you will have to leave one day yeah you can chant continuously when the body is leaving you can still chant
Hari Hari Bon, Hari Bon, Hari Bon. All right, is that simple? That's stable. <laughs> <laughs> That'll do good things. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right, Ruben, thank you so much. Thank you, everyone, for listening or watching, however you're viewing this or hearing this. Yeah, thank you very, very much, Valakia. It's wonderful to, yeah, to talk about these things. Yeah, it's a wonderful subject. Not just talk about it, but get some, <laughs> some, some better way to see it, some, some, some light in the, yeah. Yeah. You see, even in northern Norway in the middle of winter, there's still light. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> oh. And it's beautiful. So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> you well. know, Martin Luther King said, only darkness does not drive out darkness. Only light can do that. And hatred cannot drive out hatred. Only love can do that. Love light. That's, there you go. That's, that's okay, nice. Ruben, we'll see you next time. Yeah, yeah. Great. <laughs> Everybody's watching. If you like it, share it with others. <clears throat> Subscribe. You know, we're here. And, uh, and chant Gurangari Bowl. Namaste. Honey. Namaste. Haribol, okay. <laughs>